1: Hey lady, if you're looking for an extra dose of that behind the scenes content Terry and I put out after every episode, go to herspacepodcast.com, click Wisdom Wednesdays with Terry, and you will be taken to our Patreon page where for a limited time, you will have free access to our content. We hope you check it out and become a subscriber
2: and it kind of speaks to what we've been saying for the longest time about you know black people are not monolithic you know what i mean like we have so many different experiences and i mean shit i think about my siblings we grew up in the same damn household you could have the same damn parents and have still such a different experience a different expression just be a different individual right we're so unique but at the same time we also have many similarities dom I thought it was a really great episode. It was so neat. I wish we could have kind of dove in deeper because as each person shared, you know, what their experiences were like with their dad, I just kind of wanted to jump in like, how did that make you feel? Let's dive in deeper. I'm like, okay, let me not put anybody on my proverbial couch now. (laughs) Let me just try (laughs) to listen. It was so good though to hear that.
1: Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts. Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
2: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just
0: be.
1: Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random.
0: Our quote of the day, they're called daddy issues because... Your dad had issues. And that quote comes to us from Caitlin Cantor.
2: All right, lady. So today is a very special episode. We are going to have a juicy conversation, and we have two very exciting ladies that are going to be here to join us. And you may already be familiar with them. So, Dom and I recently connected with Erica and Mila from the Good Moms Bad Choices podcast, and they are such a vibe, okay? You got to stay until the end so you can learn more about them. But they're the kind of women where you see them at the party and you're like, I want to be their friends. I want to hang out with them. So to learn more about these uncensored sex and cannabis positive parents, you've got to stay until the end. So Dom just introd us with our quote of the day, which I love. So I'm like, yes, don't put it on the woman or the person with the daddy issues. Like, where did it come from? So let's just go ahead and talk about what does that even mean? Like, what does that quote even mean to you?
0: Hey, ladies, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. And that quote, I really, you know, that, damn, that really breaks it down, really. really It's the simplest terms. And it's so funny that I never thought about it just as simple as that, you know. I think that it really shows what an immense role the father has in a woman's life and what an immense responsibility men have to heal themselves for their daughters, you know. and it's one thing to, you know, acknowledge the issue, but like, yeah, to-, to go deeper than that and even further into it, it kind of makes you soften your heart. I think sometimes as even as children, even now as parents, there comes a time in every adult's life, hopefully, where suddenly you see your parents as, as just people, as human. And I think, you know, in your 20s or even in your teenage years, it's so hard to understand that notion because I think you know we, we build them up as this larger than life, like our parents and even younger. You, you look back and you think, like, at what time you thought thirty was old, or when you heard forty and you just think they're these wise and all-knowing people. Ages, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and and we forget that they're still healing or not healing, and they're still human, and that their experiences are only because that's, that's all they got. And so mm-hmm. it, it's such a, a really thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Yes. That is so deep. And I love that you brought up the compassion part too, but you ever have that moment in life where you're like, yo, my mom or dad was this, the age that I am right now with this many kids and doing that. And I've done that before. I'm like, oh my gosh. And like you said, it makes you more compassionate. Like they are a human being with their own. I mean, I think all the shit I be going through, I'm like, they were going through their own stuff too. So yes, very interesting. Dom, I want to pass it over to you so that you can tell us more about what does daddy issues really mean? Because I was doing some research and this one article was like, it's beyond just wanting to call your partner daddy in the bedroom. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay, right, so let's talk about what. Is. Is. Okay, that, like, <laughs> that,
0: that ain't even
2: an issue. That's come a on, whole come on. Right, right? We just having some fun. So what does daddy <sighs> issues really mean?
1: <laughs> oh, child, Lord. Okay, so my best friend and I have had conversations about that, about calling your male partner daddy. And for me, like, I'm just not a fan (laughs) and that's that we can maybe dive into that a little bit later, but I'm not a fan of that. What I know though, is that
0: like going back to this quote, is that this idea, this notion of saying that as women, part of our relationship issues stem from daddy issues. To me, what that does is Puts the responsibility on us as opposed to looking at how our dads did or did not show up for us and who they were as a person. Right. But then I also think about it from this perspective of, well, we live in a patriarchal society where the expectation is for the women to kind of shoulder a lot of the blame and responsibility for things that might not necessarily be on us, right? And so this concept of daddy issues really does come from that patriarchal place of saying that a woman has problems in her relationships due to her relationship with her father, right? And
1: That could be that she had a really positive relationship with her father. And so now all of a sudden, her expectations for male partners are extremely high
0: and possibly unattainable because her dad catered to her, right? But then we have the other extreme, and that's the one that's more commonly talked about is that. A woman had a negative or problematic or unhealthy relationship with her father. And because of that, her self-esteem is impacted. How she approaches relationships is impacted. And until she fixes those issues, she's not going to be healthy in a relationship.
2: I've actually didn't think about daddy issues coming from the positive perspective. I always thought like, oh, my gosh, you have this bad relationship with your dad. But I have seen some of those women where their dad's at the bar high, like even some of the men in my family is at the bar high. And then you go out looking for that same thing. And then you're like, dang, I'm, you know, not satisfied. So when you hear daddy issues, let's go to you, Erica. What does that mean to you? Like when you've heard daddy issues?
0: I mean, for sure. The negative, never the, the, the dad was there and catered to the daughter. And it was just all too much. Like, <laughs> but, but in some ways, but in some ways that it, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I have heard that. And I mean, it makes sense. No, I but, just never heard but it. But both before. are negative. Whether mm. your dad did a great job or your dad wasn't there, or your dad did a shitty job. The moral of the story is that the daddy issues implies that no matter what, our dads are the root of our issues in our romantic relationships. And I guess that I never even thought about that. It is like um, we do live in a patriarchal society, and then there's that, and then we hear that shit so much that we. I I can see how that you
2: know is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. So this Psychology Today article said the daddy issues is a term that describes the effects of the emotional wounds inflicted on a child from an emotionally unavailable father. So they kind of focus on that sort of negative aspect and talked about how those wounds, if unhealed, may lead to looking for external validation from men to know your worth. Now, the thing about this is I'm really excited for this conversation because we have four different women with four, I'm sure, like different experiences, right? Unique experiences with their daddies. Now, I will say we have some questions that we're going to dive into, but I had an abundance of dads. And we can get into that a little later. Dom knows some of that story, but I've had a lot of dads and male figures and energy in my life, but I had mommy issues to make up for all that. So I have a ton of issues in that regard. So I'm interested to see how these questions go based on each person's experience. So Mila, let's hop over to you with, to kind of jump, start us with this conversation. What kind of relationship did you have with your dad or the male figure?
0: You know what? I, I have a, I had a, I have a really good relationship with my dad. He's always been the parent that like kind of let me do like let me do what I wanted to do. One year, I, I, my dad let me go to Paris the first week school started, and with my cousin. And my mom wouldn't want me to go because I was going to miss school. Told her the morning of as I was packing my suitcase to go to Paris. What? Yeah, like. In that regard, you know, like you know, we we have similar personalities, and we're we're probably closer in retrospect. But then, in other times, like I felt like a lot of times we just see like. I don't want to use the term that I'm going to use, but. Nigga shit? Nigga shit. Yeah. I was like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Nigga shit. So wait, what? You're my friend. You I know. you.
2: Like, what, what? I know what she's trying to say. I'm,
0: trying. I'm working on the stoppage of mm. the word,
2: but that's the Aww. only way
0: to describe it. Yes. You know, like, just shit like drop me off, say he's coming back, not come home yes. for days. Shit mm. like that. Make promises he can't keep. You know, just a lot of shit mm. like that. Like, just a lot of promises. A lot of, like,. Mm. He was lying. And yeah. you know, a, lot stuff, a lot of issues that were with within, in, within the, the romantic relationship between my parents that ultimately, you know, affected us because he probably wasn't avoiding us, probably, but he didn't want to be at the house because they had shit going on, so he would he would leave. But other than that, like he's always he's always been in my life and, you know, he's a he's a good dad. For me, my dad so I don't my earliest memory I have of my dad, like me Meeting him, I was probably about four, and he. My dad was a pro athlete, and so he was kind of like off living his pro athlete life. And him and my mom had a very volatile and difficult relationship. Court, all those things, uh, DNA tests, that whole situation. Although they were in, in love and together, but because of all of that, there was a lot of resentment. And in order to, I guess, punish her. He wouldn't see me, so I didn't see him for a long time, and then when I did, it was kind of like few and far between and that was that was his first child so he and, and he was young, and my dad has definitely changed a lot since then he made a lot and has acknowledged a lot of the mistakes that he made but
2: All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation.
1: Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. There's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths.
2: What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich Black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire! Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by 18+ terms and See website for details. The damage is done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not done, but like it has I have had to bear that that oh. for a long time and work on those issues and even now being in a relationship and being in previous relationships, I've seen how they pop up. I've seen the like the type of men that I date for sure and so my dad he has I think my dad now has you know I have brothers and sisters that are considerably younger than me, so he's kind of had a second chance at parenthood, which is I think the reason why he's transformed in many ways because he had a second chance and saw like, oh, this is what it's like for your child to live in your home. Oh these are all the responsibilities. And it takes, like, tea. Okay, I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you, and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay, so you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start.
2: Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you
0: thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love?
2: OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships, and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes! Yes, that is it. And, and, and. We could even host
0: our live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we
2: vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm so Let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit NewYearWorkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's
0: newyearworkshop.com. We
2: can't, can't wait, wait to, to connect, connect
0: with you. Money, you can't. You can throw money at a kid, but like it's time yes. and quality time that really impacts them. So, yeah, like my relationship with my dad, I would say was more friendship. I never was a daddy's girl, really. I wanted to be, and I think that's why I was so hurt by it and confused, but also. I was so young and I didn't know how to verbalize it. You know, I would just get upset. Like anytime he would come around, I would just immediately, like I would just cry. Like my mom would ask me about like, so how's are you dad? How are you guys? And it was just like tears. Like mm. it was, it was, yeah, it was very triggering for me. And so I think even now we have a much better relationship and a respect for one another, but it's definitely not like a, a, the relationship that I guess like, I, I hope for, so, which is like, you know, you see these relationships. I don't see them like I, with my friends, you know, who have really close relationships yeah. with their father. You watch TV and you see like, you know, these ideas of what father and daughterhood looks like. And mm-hmm. I just I didn't get that. So Yeah,
2: that's yeah. so interesting. It's so deep too, because I feel like people often don't think about how their behavior will impact their kids when they grow up. Right. And I'm glad we're having these conversations because it makes me more sensitive. So I'm like, when I have kids, I'm being mindful. Like, all right, they're going to grow up and be like, I remember when you did X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Kids don't forget. And to acknowledge, but just to go back really quickly though, like as
0: I got older, I really start to understand the way my father was raised and the mm-hmm. trauma that he has. And he still hasn't really faced and acknowledged. And yeah. it all makes sense, you know? Yeah. So this like cycle that has to be broken. It's so deep, it's so rooted in so much shit, like yes. slavery and blackness yes. and black man and where my daddy's from and his family and education and just mm. trying to survive and like yes. Yeah. So it's it's really, mm-hmm. really deep, especially within like daddy issues. I feel are there there's a commonality amongst them, whether you're white or black or whatever you are, but then there's mm-hmm. also the black daddy issue. I feel yes. like. So for sure, I feel like that has helped me forgive him in ways and just, you know, converse, talking, conversations and things. So,
2: yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing, ladies. What about yeah. you, Dawn? I'm going to pass it over to you before I go into my, all the daddies that I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all your daddies. <laughs>
2: all my daddies. <laughs> all my daddies.
0: <laughs> so for me, I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. And so my experience was one in which I grew up trying to figure out, like, who is my dad? Like, where is he? Why is he not present? And recognizing that, like, in my household, I'm the oldest, with my mom's kids, I'm the oldest of five. And all of us had different dads, and some of them were present, some of them weren't. And so for me, I would observe, and I recognize also, like, that I was a parentified child. So there were a lot of adult issues that I knew about and was aware of that probably as a child, I shouldn't have had that access to that information, right? But then I also, like we were saying earlier, I also recognize where my mom was at that time, right? Right. And so for me, part of my process has been one, trying to figure out how to get to know my dad as an adult and knowing that who he was when I was born, when I was conceived and all of that is different than who he is now. And then also just working through what it means for me to now have this father in my life. And this whole new family and finding ways to connect, but also simultaneously allowing myself to grieve not getting the things that they got, that my Mm -hmm. sisters on my dad's side, that they were able to have the relationship that they were able to have with him because he was present in their life. And so for me, it's been as a therapist, recognizing like the importance of going through my own therapy to kind of work through that. And also noting that a lot of the relationship dynamics that I've had throughout my life are rooted in observing my mom and observing my grandparents, because my grandfather was like the major father figure in my life. And then I have some uncles that have also been really present for me as well. But having this comparison and seeing all of these different relationship dynamics and how the men engaged in those dynamics really helped kind of shape. And some of that, a lot of that actually, I'm still kind of unpacking and working through what Erica, you mentioned about forgiveness and compassion and really in compassion, not just for them, but for myself to allow myself to feel all the feelings that come up as I learn more information about who they are as people and like the decisions that they made at those times. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, I think the forgiveness part for me is obviously the hardest, you know, there's times where I feel like I'm resolved, and then there's moments where I'm like, nah. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> still man. No, I'm up. like, see, you still doing <laughs> <that>, nah. yes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> You know? Yeah. Or they pop up when he's the not even, it's not even him. Like, I'm dealing with an, a man in my life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is because of this shit. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I think it's a constant, like, work in progress. I think, I mean, it's did you meet your father? Did you find him? Did you seek him out? Or how did, if you don't mind sharing, like, how did you actually, how did this yeah. encounter actually happen? So I did seek him out. And so one of the things for me as a kid was just this, this need to know. Now, some of that probably also has influenced why I became a psychologist, because I just, <laughs> I'm just curious and I just need to know things. Right. But I just, I needed to know. And so periodically. I would ask my mom, so, okay, can we look for him and can we figure out where he is? And then in college, I remember now this is going to this will definitely show my age. But in college, I remember like looking up in the phone book and like or this was before Google was a thing. But on the Internet, like searching for like the phone book in Atlanta, because that's where I thought that he was. And so, looking up his name and calling all of those people that had his name. And then I finally found him actually through MySpace.
2: Oh my God. Wow, MySpace. I know,
0: right? Taking it back, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, he's a musician. And so, I reached out to him and I was kind of like, I was pretty vague in the email, the initial message to him, because I was like, well, if this isn't him, then I'm not putting all my business out there for the stranger, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So yeah, I mean, and then he immediately responded and said, you know, we've been looking for you. And so it was a situation where I was immediately embraced. Mm -hmm. But I know that that doesn't always happen for folks. Mm -hmm. Because certain situations, like your dad might've been having an affair Right. Exactly. Or there may have been so many other circumstances. And so your dad, for whatever reason, again, this is like why it's his issues and not yours, mm-hmm. then your dad doesn't want to claim you. And so then when you reach out, there's no embracing or acceptance. But fortunately for me, like I was like immediately accepted. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, that's all you could hope for, really. Right.
2: And I never even knew that story, Don. That's so interesting to think about how that all played out. And I'll just jump right into, because I feel like this is a good segue down right into my story, which we have a lot of similarities around. So growing up, my mom was in and out of jail since I was eight years old. And her husband, he, what I call my bonus dad, because in my family, we don't do the step-parent thing. It's like, you, my dad, you're here. Her husband, he was my prominent male figure. And so he was the one that I had a very close relationship with, who took me on my first date, taught me how to drive, all that stuff. And then my biological father, who I thought was my biological father, he was definitely there financially sending in money and things like that. And I knew him, but we didn't have a super close relationship. We got closer in adulthood. So as far as I know, I had two dads my whole life. My bonus dad passed away when I was 17 and my biological father and I got closer. So when I was 27, being curious, like like Dom I decided to send in my DNA to Ancestry. So I'm like, I want to start a family. I want to learn more mm. about my mm-hmm. mm. I want to learn more about my history, blah blah. blah. And the test comes back and says that this random guy I've never seen in my life is my dad. I was just like, wait, what? And I'm like, this will be my life. My life is just what the what is What this? was that
0: moment like when not like because when you got that you open that email because I've done that test and I've heard this happen before. Yeah, I was and you weren't looking for that reason. You had no suspicion no. at all. Of
2: that. I, mean, like, I was looking because I wanted to see, where did I come from in Africa? Like, literally, that's it. And I was like, what is this? I'm literally, I remember September 15th. It was when I was 27, It's like Dom. And I remember literally just being stuck in bed. And I text my best friend his picture. I was like, hey, do I look like this guy? Because I kind of felt, I had these, like a little thin top lip. And his little thin top lip was, you know, thin too. And I was like, oh man, he had like these big eyes. And I was like, oh man. So I text her. <laughs> I, Wait, like, so I don't the know. Time. I got big
0: eyes. Mm-hmm. Do you do you not now knowing? Do you perceive the, the differences in in like the way you look compared to your who you thought was your biological father?
2: Like, does it not you make sense? Funny? So my the who I thought was my biological father, we're st- still super close, and he told me that when I was younger, I don't remember this. He told me I was like, "What if you're not my biological dad, like my biological father?" And I did always notice that like. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation.
1: Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. There's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths.
2: What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich Black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
2: My brothers on his side, they just had certain traits like on that side of the family that I saw, but I didn't really see myself in them the way I saw myself in my mom's side. So I think it was in the back of my head, but like as a kid, you don't really know how to, intuition. I guess, express that. Yeah, intuition, right? So I text my best friend and she's like, oh my gosh, who is this? Your uncle? You guys look just alike. And I was like, oh my God. So long story short, I called my mom. She was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I have no idea. I was like, mom, you got to remember because DNA said like, <laughs> you <were> good, <laughs> You gotta go back, home. we gotta go back 30, or 27 years ago. So long story short, we ended up finding out that I was a one night stand baby in the Navy and this man has a whole family and kids and all that. So I did decide to reach out. I went online. I didn't know I could be a stalker like this. I went online and like looked his family up, looked everyone up, trying to figure out and find answers because I'm like, I wasn't looking for this, but it came and it was emotional. I did tell my, who I thought was my biological father as well because I felt like, even though I thought it would hurt him, like it was important to know. So I say all that to say an abundance of like dad energy and male energy there. But I do believe that my mommy issues in the the relationship with my mom and her absence and the things that we've gone through, I think that has definitely impacted my relationships for sure. So I feel like we should just kind of segue into like how did our specific experiences with our dad and possibly even mom, like how did that Impact the way you showed up in relationships. For me,
0: it's the men I chose, the men I choose. So I, I think, well, the men I choose, and I think I've always felt more. I think because I've always, I, I love, I've always wanted male attention at a young age. I was promiscuous at a young age. I wanted validation from men. From women, I never sought that. You know, I even I think I've talked about this on our podcast before that you know, I think my mom. Was a great, great mother, but you know, no parent is perfect. And I think there were there were times where she thought she was encouraging me to be to empower me. Like if I was being teased, or if a girl didn't like me, and she would say, "Oh, that person's jealous of you," and so that made me be like, "Oh, well, all these women are jealous. All these girls are jealous. Like, oh, we're in competition." So I always felt like I I had a lot more male friends when I was younger, and. I also felt like, I feel like my father, what I knew of him, because he would come in and out of my life, he was like this, like, kind of like this, he's, he's definitely like an alpha male. He's, he's big, he's strong, like athletic. And he walks into a room, like people, like, you know, they shut down. And I noticed that always as a kid. In fact, I was scared of him because like, I didn't really know him that well. And I would go over my mom would send me to this like stranger's house who I would see every five months. And like, I didn't look at him. Like, I mean, I knew it was my dad, but it was like, you know, he's from Texas and he don't play that shit. And I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so the men that I sought out, or I mean, I'm, a, I have been historically attracted to are very like, they are big presence or they are intimidating. And A lot of times, unfortunately, men that carry these traits, sometimes there's a lot of insecurity involved. And for me, like I'm a nurturer and I don't know if that's because of like me wanting to, me wanting that relationship, you know, with that male figure. I've often chosen men that are powerful from the outside, but very broken inside. And, you know, my dad would obviously beg to differ, that he's a broken man. (laughs) And I don't think he is. My dad's an incredible human. But there's definitely traumas that he hasn't acknowledged, and for me, like I just I notice that that's the trend that I that I, I seek out in men, and I think like me being promiscuous, young too, was also like a cry for help and cry for attention. I wanted that male attention. It made me feel good to get it. The more I could get it, the better I felt. So I would say that those are probably my daddy issues. Oh, not trusting. No trust. Not, sure. not trusting his. My dad would do that a lot He'd say he was going to do something and then he wouldn't do it. So I got mm. when I was like, I don't believe believe you. So I think that's how it's it's shown up in my life. I'd like to say first of all that we've come to the conclusion that basically all of our traumas are our parents' fault, <laughs> and now we're parents, and now we're parents. So this now is now great. <laughs> and then there's like, can we is there, can we avoid it? Wait, right. I was closer with my dad. I was, and I till this day, and I I didn't feel like my mom understood me much. I felt like she was always like chasing my dad and like putting up with dumb shit. And, you know, and now they they were together since my mom was like 14 and my dad was 17. And I realized when you get with someone that young, you do become codependent if you don't allow yourself the space to grow and be an individual. So probably a lot of my observation was true, but I think it kind of made me look at relationships in general, like, eh, like I don't I just don't want to be that girl chasing and like, I just, I, I had very little expectation. One of my famous quotes is I expect nothing <laughs> just because I don't, I just, I, I I've been previously like promiscuous same. I was very sexual, very early, probably seeking attention and love. Cause I felt like my they were so involved with each other. My dad would like, you know, dip out for a long time, make empty promises. So I just don't have a lot of expectations. I haven't. A lot of expectation from men because I don't trust men because he'd be lying. You know, lies come, and then I just feel like the more fun, the better, and the less attachment, the better. I just got a relationship recently, and I told him that, and he was like, "We realize that's like fucked up, right?" But I thought that that was safe and healthy, honestly, kind of. But I realized that probably a lot of that has to come with the relationship that I saw them have—just very back and forth and forever, forever. Forever. I'm like, aren't y'all fucking tired of fighting? I'm tired of hearing this shit. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I was like, I'm never (laughs) signing up for this shit. If it's not fun, I don't want it, you know? And I just felt like my mom didn't really know who she was. And there were just like things that I I thought that didn't look like anything I wanted to have. But on, on the flip side, like I have very close friendships with women. You know, I have very close friends that I've grown up with like a long time. I don't have a problem making girlfriends. I almost, I have like so many close girlfriends. So I think in that aspect, maybe I was, I, and I do still crave that, that closeness and, and, and like in somewhat that partnership, but I've rejected it so much with men a lot of times because I have, I have it in my friendships.
2: Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for sharing me. It's so interesting hearing the different experiences and how it sort of prompts us to show up in life. But I think that it's interesting that even though you had some sort of, I want to say it's tension. It sounds like some tension between your mom, you were closer to your dad. It didn't really impact the relationships that you had with women, which I think is pretty cool. So Dom, you want to go ahead and just share like how your relationship or maybe lack of relationship with your dad and maybe the men that were in your sort of circle, how that impacted your relationships too?
0: Well, I think honestly, it left me confused. Because I had so many different types of models. So I had my dad who wasn't there, right? And I didn't know whether it was on him or my mom or who, like why, right? So there was that piece. But then I had, like I mentioned before, my grandfather. And my grandparents were married 51 years before my grandfather died. And they had this amazing relationship that for me was like, I don't see any other man in the world doing some of these things. Right. And that was through my child eyes. Right. Of recognizing certain things like.
1: My grandfather always put gas in my grandmother's car. She could drive past five gas stations on her way home, but she wouldn't have to worry about putting gas in her car. My
0: grandfather would do that for her. Right. And even now, I don't live in the same place as my grandmother, but. I think my uncle has stepped in and does that. Like, I don't even know. I need to ask her now that we're saying this. Like, I, need
1: to, <laughs> I need to check in and ask. But When's the last time? Right. Did you, <laughs> Did have, you pump you, have you ever pumped your own gas? Like, do you know how to do it? <laughs> right. right. You know, and but my
0: grandmother is also someone who is fully capable of doing a lot of things. Right. But that was just one thing that he would do for her. And so for me, it was like, okay, so I have this example and then I watch TV and I read books and I see all these examples of men who aren't doing right by their women. And then my mom, you know, was dating other men and I saw those relationships and I saw moments when my mom was crying and she might have been trying to hide it from us. But she was crying because she was upset about something that happened in the relationship. And so I walked away not really knowing what to do, not, not knowing how to really think about relationships. And so I think for years, I've had this like back and forth of how I show up in relationships. So there's times where I show up and I become a caretaker, right? You know, attracting someone who needs fixing and I get to points where I'm like, well, I'm a therapist. I'm not here to fix you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I do in my professional life, not my personal life. But then I have moments where I've been in relationships with guys who have been completely unavailable. Or they articulate their needs, but I don't articulate mine. Because I'm not articulating what my needs are, then we end up having these this complicated relationship where I'm not really happy. Because I haven't said what my needs are and then eventually I get to a point where then I like have this explosion of like anger because I'm like, well, you're not showing up in the way that I need. But if I never communicated that, if I never said here are my expectations and let's have a conversation about it, then how do they know what's needed, what they need to do, how to show up? So I've kind of been all over the place and a lot of that is reflective of the relationships
2: that I've seen growing up. That's so interesting too, because you said you saw so many different types of men and I feel like I definitely did too, Dom. And I feel like one of the things I remember when I was younger is seeing different uncles, dog women out. And I was like, yo, I'm not gonna be that motherfucking chick, That You know what I mean? Like that's literally in my mind. I was like, yo, I'm not gonna be That person, cause I would see them bring a cert, like bring somebody home for Thanksgiving and then bring a different chick for Christmas. And it was just like real shady moves. That was my dad. Okay. Okay, Erica. We're like, I learned at a very young age, like, don't mention who you saw previously. Like, just keep it, keep it on the low. You don't say anything. I'm just like, Oh, nice to meet you. And I'm thinking like, God damn, another one. So I, I did see good men. And so I was like, okay, I know this is possible. And then I saw, you know, other men that were playing, like, dogging and playing women. And then having this interesting relationship with my mom, I feel like I I did often feel safer with like more male friends. I just felt safer being one of the guys, not necessarily in like a dating way, but just like being with the fellas. It just felt safer because sometimes girls just seemed like they had more drama with them. And I think for me for a long time, I found that being cold, I know I look nice and sweet, but like being cold in relationships was like my defense mechanism. It was like, yo, you going to love me before I love your ass. Like, I'm going, you know, I just play all the games like, okay, I really want to call you, but I'm not going to call. I got to wait, you know, just playing hard to get and like really trying to control the situation. I didn't have a lot of control growing up. So I feel like that's definitely something I did. And I often heard a lot of guys and people that I know, my best friends, like you're like the guy in the relationship. And like a lot of the relationships I would get into because they would be more, I guess, pressed is probably the word that we use today. Whereas I'd be like, all right, cool. Like I won because I like conquered this person. So just just sick ass stuff based on my experiences of, you know, what happened growing up. So I know that I'm sure that we've all learned some valuable tips. And before we dive into more information about our amazing, I want to say like co-hosts, this feels like a co-host conversation. So our amazing co-hosts and we learn more about you and what you do, where folks can find you. I would love for us to dive into maybe some tips for someone who is, in that stage in life was like, oh damn, I think I might have some daddy issues. Like, what can I do? So what are some tips that, I know we got some wisdom up in the room based on our experiences. So what are some tips that you would share, Mila? I would definitely say just forgive, forgive, forgive. And give
0: compassion. You know, Our parents are not some superhero entity. And they're all like really suffering from their own shit. And even I, I had a like a, a breakdown because I I asked my grandmother recently to co-sign for an apartment for me, and she agreed, and then we at the last minute. And literally, you would have thought I was five years old. I like was so mad. I'm like, I'm not speaking to her. I mean, like, granted, it's like a 78 year old woman. <laughs> I was just so angry, and then I had to catch myself, you know, and I just had to think for a moment, like. Just all the shit that she's been through. And even going back in just generational cycles, like my grandfather cheated on my grandmother with the babysitter, went off, had kids with her, and she lived like in the neighborhood, would like go on camping trips with this other family and dip and like basically very blatant bullshit. So there were three kids from his, from my dad's, you know, their initial kids from my grandmother, and they all dealt with it really differently, but all really fucked up. And my dad showed a lot of those similar traits, even in his married relationship with my mom, because he would dip too. So I had to check myself and just be like, all right, what's next? And as angry and upset that I was, it's just like, I know some, she's such a sweet woman and you have to get along so well, but there are some really ugly undertones there. You know, there are some really sometimes like, some like, oh, child, you're evil. Where did that come from? I'm just just talking about Jesus. But I just know you you can almost feel sometimes when it comes from just like an angry, sad place. And I think we have to also acknowledge we're coming to a place where like therapy is being normalized. Um, We're looking at generational cycles and curses and looking at at ourselves as black people. Like I know we we, I think we've been operating knowing that we're black because but in a way where you just got to keep going. But we finally come to a place as a people, I think, where we're giving ourselves a little bit of like acknowledgement for the pain and for the things that aren't right. And for just like the, the pain that we felt, we feel every day and we hold every day and the trauma and like giving ourselves more, more acknowledgement and more gentleness and normalizing, therapizing ourselves, normalizing, therapizing our friends, normalizing therapies, Period. And I think with that, we have to also offer that to our parents and to other people, you know, and everybody, you take as much, you know, you do what you can while you still like allow yourself to grieve and to love and to forgive. But it's necessary, I think, that we just look at it in that full way and not just from our inner child, because that's what the fuck I was doing this week. I was freaking out like a child. Yes. (laughs) So that's, that's what I think. (laughs) I love it. I agree with Mila. Therapy I think is, is a huge one for sure. I mean, I wish that therapy for for a teen was normal when I was a teenager. I mean, it just right. I, maybe it was, but I, my mom it, it wasn't even on the table, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I was having a hard time. I was like hysterically crying at the mention of my dad and that is trauma and I, I think back on that and I like wish I could like hug myself because like and I and I wish I could hug my mom because she didn't know what to do she was just mm-hmm. trying her best she was trying to be my therapist essentially and I hope that if you're listening and you have children mm-hmm. whose maybe parent whose dads are already starting these have, have, have already caused trauma or mom or have or moms, or moms with post trauma, or you notice that there's a pattern happening. Like, don't be afraid to check in with your kid and offer therapy. Honestly, even if they're not, even if they're not just like, give them therapy. Yeah. Okay. Everybody needs therapy starting early. Yes. I believe. I, I I do believe that too. Like don't wait till till something's wrong to yes. go to therapy, like normalize having conversations and talking about your feelings, whether it's with your own child or if they feel comfortable talking to someone else about it. Like, they need an outlet so i think therapy is a big one and, and you know writing helps me like writing things out writing things down writing your feelings out is a, another good way i think to find answers and resolutions and things peace sometimes mm-hmm. just so i don't know i mean whatever it is that you know is your release i think do that as long as it's not like drunk <laughs> Not all exactly.
2: hardcore. No hardcore. Take it easy. On take it easy. Way. <laughs> what about you, Dom?
0: Well, I think that you know, therapy is always my immediate <laughs> answer, mm-hmm. and so I do think that therapy
1: is can be a global solution in terms of. One for you as the individual to kind of process the things that are happening for you or have happened for you.
0: Maybe even family therapy to bring in your parents to do that work with your parents, recognizing that sometimes parents are not going to be willing to do that, right?
1: But there Mm -hmm. are some
0: parents that are open to it. And so being willing to bring your parents into the conversation and then also with each potential partner having that conversation around, okay, so are we going to do therapy? And that's a whole nother conversation for, <laughs> uh, literally for a whole nother day. I'm literally <laughs> here right now with my partner where he wants us to have therapy. And, you know, I am obviously an advocate for therapy, but it's scary. It's a scary idea to go into therapy, yeah, especially yeah. because me and him haven't been together for that long. So I'm just like, is it too early for therapy? Nope, like, I think it's a is it just beautiful not work- thing. Is it, is it just not working and we just need to just, we need therapy this early? Like, Wait, so is there <laughs> such thing as therapy not, like it's not too early? It's never too early. I mean, I think it's the a beautiful of thing. The first time in a relationship, therapy is normal, is a normal idea. Yes, yes. So for me, <laughs> what, I, what usually happens is couples will go into therapy when there's a huge problem And they may be on the brink of ending the relationship and somebody in that relationship is hoping that the therapist will help them break up with that other partner. Mm. And so when you go into therapy earlier on and both parties are committed to doing the work, then to me, I think that that helps lay the foundation for a healthy, long lasting relationship because it,
1: it allows you that space to work through the troubles because every relationship is going to have troubles, no matter how perfect they may present on the outside, every relationship is going to
0: have issues. I think it's dope that your partner is like, nah, let's go talk about this right now and let's figure out how to communicate better with one another from the beginning so that we can be healthy.
2: But I get okay. that it's scary. Because I'm I, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I like, <laughs> i do it. God damn it. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Call him <dead> after this. <laughs> telling him fine. I love it. That's good. No, that's good stuff, Dom. I, I appreciate that. I would just add on to the list. I love the list that we've come up with. I would just say grieve. Like grieve the space or give yourself space to grieve what you didn't get as a child. I feel like for me, A lot of the things that I've been healing over the past two years, they've come without an apology from the perpetrator. So I haven't had, you know, acknowledgement or an apology from certain people in my life who've done me wrong as far as childhood trauma. And so I feel like just grieving and like going back to different moments where I was abused and like saving myself as an adult and like doing these different exercises have been really helpful. So I think that could be really helpful when you have a situation, especially where like dad or mom is not taking responsibility or maybe dad or mom has passed away, like you can still get healing and you can still grow and evolve without an apology or acknowledgement. And so just to kind of circle back on our list here, we have forgiveness. Yes, yes. Therapy came up a couple of times. We have yes. therapy and family therapy. Yes. We have writing. We have, I put this as like a separate tip, chatting with your partner about therapy because I feel like that's a whole different level right there. Yes. So we have that. Erica's like, mm-hmm. And then we have... <laughs> And then we have finally grieve, grieve, give yourself space to grieve what you didn't get. So before we close out this episode, Good Moms, Bad Choices, we just want you to tell our listeners more about you. Where can they find you? And just tell us about all the dope stuff you have going on. Well, so much (laughs) stuff.
0: Well, you can find us on Instagram at goodmoms underscore bad choices. And you can find us on all podcast platforms, regular podcast, search our name. I mean, we're always up to something. You come on our page where we are doing all different types of stuff. We have actually given a, a drive-in movie event for the kids coming up. We have a Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com. Good mom's bad choices. Backslash good mom's bad choices. There's extra content over there. We do a lot of meetups. I mean, obviously the times of change is a little bit different, but we still do like we do virtual meetups. We also do, like, you know, social distancing meetups with our community that are small. You don't got to be a mom to kick it over on our on our platform. We have a lot of people that are not parents that, you know, are looking for community. They just want some a place to just feel safe and unjudged. And we are not perfect people. We're not perfect mothers. We're not going to be. And I think that's kind of the beauty of, you know, the space that we've created is that people feel like they can, you know, be themselves without judgment, but also learn. We're all healing. We're all trying to be better all the time. We're trying to learn from our bad choices, not you know, relish in them. in the <laughs> them. <from> them. them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's us. Come see us. I'm Erica and this is Mila.
2: <laughs> hey. Awesome. Well thank you so much, ladies. This was so much yes. fun to dive this conversation. Of course, with four different perspectives and we will add their information in the show notes and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the HerSpace podcast. And I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. So visit CherryLomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year.
1: Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health
2: Or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Although my plans may change, I will stay committed to my purpose.
1: We'll see you next week, lady. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.